This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sacred Sunday United Methodist Church, January 30th, 2022. The message is, Reset Direction, based on Acts 9, 1-16. Let us pray. Loving, gracious God, we praise your mercy in the morning, your faithfulness at night. We thank you for this time for us to get together as a church family and worship you. We ask your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. May the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So in 1829, Martin Van Buren, then governor of New York, wrote the following letter to the president. The canal system of this country is being threatened by the spread of a new form of transportation known as railroads. The federal government must preserve our canals for these reasons. Number one, if canal boats are supplanted by railroads, Serious unemployment will result. Captains, cooks, and drivers, and lock tenders will be left without any means of livelihood. Number two, canal boats are essential to our defense. In the event of trouble with England, a canal could be the only means by which we could move supplies. The Almighty certainly never intended that people should travel through the countryside at the breakneck speed of 15 miles per hour. Well, we can say that he got God's intent wrong. Though his concern about people losing jobs was understandable, he got the new form of transportation wrong. As a politician, Buren must have thought that he was getting in the right direction for the nation, for his people. But his misleading claim couldn't change the national transportation policy of the time. And we know this is not merely a matter of politicians, not just a matter of politics. There are times when people believed that the Almighty certainly never intended that the people should travel without a map book. Think of those days when you used to travel a long distance without the GPS navigation systems. You know, you were on a road trip. You thought you were going in the right direction, but found yourself needing directions, arguing with your backseat driver who claimed you needed to take a different direction. Does this ring a bell to some of you? You needed to reset your direction, but you still don't want to admit that you took the wrong direction. Sometimes resetting direction on a road trip is not as, as easy as we might think. You spend your time and energy to get there. You don't want to look mistaken or stupid. This is more so when it comes to our life journey that comes with growing uncertainties. No matter how many road trips we have taken before, a road trip presents its own set of risks and challenges. You never know what your road trip will involve and how it's going to be unfolded. 
as you move forward. And we know the same is true for our life journey. There are times when we are so sure that we are getting in the right direction, but ended up finding ourselves lost or feel blind, not knowing where to go. Perhaps that's when we question ourselves, what went wrong? What was the will of God in the first place? Did I get it wrong? What would it really mean to reset my direction? As we are engaged in this Reset Sermon series, we've asked these questions intentionally. How do we soap to reset our soul? How do we reset our purpose and values? And this morning, as we read um, Acts chapter 9, I would like us to think about how God helps us reset direction for our lives. How do we reset our direction for our lives? In this familiar biblical story, we see two individuals resetting their direction. Ursul and Ananias. And this story is often called the Paul's conversion story. As I once explained, it would be misleading to say that Paul was converted to God through this religious experience. Because he was already believed in God. He knew God already. But he was rather redirected to God through his encounter with Christ on the way to Damascus. He had been passionate about God even, even though his passion was distracted, misfocused. In other words, his religious fervor and devotion were heading in the wrong direction. He was like a, a wrong way driver who thinks Everyone else is driving the wrong way. Saul was on his mission to bring Christians back to Jerusalem in chains. That was his mission. As he was approaching Damascus, there was a blazing light shining around him. Strong light made him fall to the ground and he became utterly blind. He was so sure about the mission he was trying to accomplish as a Jew. He thought he was heading in the right direction, but his encounter with Christ literally stops him and his misguided mission. He thought he was seeing things more clearly than anyone else, but when the light shines upon him, he loses a sense of direction, a sense of where he is and where he ought to go. He can't go anywhere without someone's help. I'm sure many of us have been there in our lives, for different reasons. Those moments when your sense of assurance and certainty is shattered and turned into disbelief and uncertainty. Your sense of power and security is turned into helplessness and vulnerability. You thought you were seeing things clearly, but out of a sudden, you feel like you became blind. You feel lost. You don't know where to go. You cannot see what your next step ought to be. Friends, if you find yourself in such a place today, whatever your life circumstances, give close attention to how Jesus helps Saul and Ananias reset direction. In your bulletin, see verse 9. 
Jesus tells him to get up, go into the city, and they and there wait for the new direction from him. We see a course of action here. Saul first got to get up since he fell to the ground, and then he was told to go into the city, which was his original destination, where he meant to arrest followers of Jesus. Ironically, it was a place where Saul would actually meet those Christians later, and be nurtured and strengthened by them, and reset direction for his life. But in order for these things to happen, he first had to get up, go into the city, wait for the Lord's direction. Friends, when people feel lost and blind in their lives, many of them tend to do exactly the opposite. They would be quick to pursue their own path instead of waiting for a new direction coming from the Lord. They would stop going to a place where they. Could be spiritually nurtured and equipped, and strengthened. They wouldn't want to get up from where they fell, where they were stuck. Remember what Jesus told the man lying near a pool called Bethesda. He said, "Get up and walk." That's what he said. Get up and walk. Friends, the same Jesus calls us to get up from where we fell. Leaving behind the old sinful ways of life, get up from what besets us and prevents us from fully embracing God's callings and gifts, and get up from the place of despair and disbelief and go, go on walking by faith, not by sight. In this story, there is another man who is told to get up and go. Who is it? Ananias. Yeah, Ananias, a disciple living in Damascus, in verse eleven in your bulletin, Jesus says to him in a vision, "Get up, get up, and go over to Straight Avenue and find a name, a man named Saul." Ananias was shocked to hear the name; couldn't believe what he was told to do. Because of Saul's bad reputation and his act of violence and. Terror against his fellow Christians. For him, Saul was the enemy of enemies, someone who deserves a Lord's harsh punishment and judgment. You've got to be kidding me, Lord! Ananias argues. How could you tell me? How could you tell me to go and and pray for him and bless him so he could open his eyes? Friends, put yourself in the place of an Ananias for a moment. Here, you know he's got the license from the chief priest to arrest Christians. And now, what if everything is a fake? His evil scheme to catch Christians. What if Saul came to see again and arrest me, arrest Ananias as the first prisoner? What if he's held for、uh, the Saul's vision enabled him to do more harm against the fellow Christian brothers and sisters. You know, to get up and go must not have been an easy decision for Ananias. He had to get up from where he was, leaving behind his excuses and grudges, and skepticism. 
to follow the direction from the Lord, he really got to walk by faith, not by sight. What he was seeing and sensing wasn't as promising. All he had to do was trust in Christ and walk by faith, not by sight. Friends, sometimes God calls us to a new, completely unexpected direction, even when we think we're heading in the right direction. Those are the moments when we are urged to reset our direction, whether it's a course of action, our lifestyles, or our relationships. How is God leading you to reset your direction in those places where you feel lost or blind? I hope and pray that you hear the voice of Jesus saying, get up, get up and go into the city. Wait for a new direction. What do you need to get up from at the moment? How can you better wait for the new direction from the Lord? What is the place where you could be spiritually nurtured and supported and strengthened? We should remember that without a person like Ananias, Saul might not have been able to be part of Christian communities. Without meeting Saul, Ananias wouldn't be able to see his limited purview and experience the power of God's word that transformed and helped him to reset direction. The directions, their directions were reset by their encounter with Christ even when they thought they were heading in the right direction. Christ gave them new directions by becoming their way. A 9th century Buddhist monk famously told his disciples, if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. You might imagine the perplexed faces of his disciples at the shocking words of his teacher. They They were the devoted practitioners of the Buddha, his teaching, and now were instructed to kill this very same one if they happened to meet him on the road. It's clear that his teacher didn't refer to the literal Buddha here. It means to kill the idolization of their teacher, the belief that they should depend on someone to find a way. In non-theistic religions like Buddhism, seeking someone other than you is an act of delusion. It impedes your growth toward enlightenment. This means you are your own teacher. You need to become the way yourself through your own practice. What's interesting is, though, that many people in our time, in our contemporary society, who claim themselves non-religious or even atheistic, walk on this similar path that has significant religious and spiritual implications. In the Gospel of John 14, Thomas, one of the 12 disciples, asked Jesus, Lord, we have no idea where you're going, So how do you expect us to know the way? Remember what Jesus said to him? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. To be a Christian, friends, it means you stop pursuing your own path. Instead, you pursue Jesus who is the way and the truth and the life. This means you pursue the path that Jesus walked. You walk the way that Jesus first traveled. 
Friends, if you encounter Jesus on the road, kill your own path. Kill your desire to be your own way and follow him. Even if you feel blind and lost, open your ears to hear what Jesus has to say to you. Get up and find a spiritual home where you could be spiritually nurtured and strengthened and wait for a new direction. Amen.